everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Student Leadership Podcast. I am joined by my awesome co-host, Aaron Holt. Let's go. Oh, wait, I'm the co-host. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm the co-host. Oh, okay, okay. I'm the co-host. I am the assistant to the wow. co-host. I feel so great, but I feel even better because so nice we had to do it twice. Our boy, Ty Roland, joining us here on the Tyshawn, podcast. Tyshawn, let's go. What's up, Tyshawn? Hello, sir. How are you guys doing? I feel honored the fact that I'm here for a second time. It's one here Yeah, we had to get you back. Tell another thing to do it again. So I'm so honored. Yeah, Thank we had you more questions. So Come on. Yeah, had to. All right, Ty, we're jumping right in. Yes. If you didn't hear Ty's first interview, go back, listen to it. He talks a lot about Tao Kipping. Hey, real quick. Tao Cal Tipping. Cal Tipping, get that right. <laughs> let me give a shout out real quick to yes. student leaders out there and youth pastors out there, leaders in the church oh. world out there. Ty has an incredible podcast. It's called, uh, it was called Youth Ministry with uh, Tyshawn Roland, but now it's going to be switched up to call Ministry, Ministry with Tyshawn Roland. It's a great, it's a great listen. I've listened to it many times. So, so we'll link to that in the show notes. Here's, but here's what I'm going to say. Check it out. I'm going to be honest because normally people just gas each other endlessly on podcasts. So I'm going to be honest. I've never listened to it. Can I tell you what I'm about to do on my car ride home? You're listening to I'm it. I'm about to listen to there it because I know this guy was spitting flames yeah. last time. So it's it's already been liked on it's Spotify and Apple. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on now. Things we love to see. Cool. Ministry with Tyshawn. I Roland. just sent a there funny video to Aaron that you guys can watch after the. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's do this. After. He said after. Okay. After. Right. Right. Watch it now. Too it distractible. Is, it is a. I mean, you. It's going to keep your attention that whole minute. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. We're, we're locked in, man. Always full of surprises. All right. So I was talking with my boy, Colin. He sent me a text. This text was a situation that I, he said, you find yourself in this situation. What do you do? I figured instead of answering it myself, I'll just give it to my boy, Ty. Here it is, Ty. Okay. You, you're in your house. You're having a good day. It's a normal day. Let's say it's a Tuesday. You step through a floorboard in your house. Oh no. Oh no. My home is falling apart. Psych. Oh, what's that? It's a bag of gold bars worth over a million dollars in your own home. Now, here's the question. Not how do you spend it? I want to know what's your next move. I thought you were going to go ethical on this and be like, do you give it back to the original owner? Well, how do you know? Maybe it. See, hold on. Your answer already assumes something. I might be wondering, is my my wife? Have a side hustle I don't yeah, know about. That's what I thought about. The first is she thing trapping? For real? Hold on. Is my wife trapping? That I don't. Okay. So we we went in two different directions, but it's not for you, Aaron. It's, it's for not time. for me. It's for time. What's the next move? I want to know the next two moves. Actually. Okay. Boom next, and boom. What are we doing? The next move is I You're call Victoria. They're, they're, I call my okay. wife. That's my. Yes. I'm calling her. I don't want to call her. I'm going to call multiple people after her, but I got to call her first. <laughs> and and I'm going to ask her what you just asked. Number one, are are you doing? She just she's actually right next to me. The first thing I'm asking is, are you doing something? Do <laughs> you know about these is gold there, bars in our home? Something that we don't know. And the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out how to liquidate this man. This is all my money. I'm not calling the homeowners. Yes. Are you crazy? I'm going to tie some of it, but this is a gift. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you're crazy. I just heard I I'm stepped into a it. blessing. That's all I heard. Ty and Victoria going on a six month cruise yes. and uh, oh, around the world. I'm tithing ten percent. Yeah, on my gold bars. Yeah, but now I'm definitely. Who would I even give it to? You know, the government's going to try and take some of that. Yeah, I don't right? even know. Like, where do you take a gold bar to? Like, where do you? Like, Aaron, I feel like you would know this. I get a gold bar. Where do I take it? You, you, you seem to, like a you gold go to, bar. You go to a guy. pawn shop, man. Oh yeah, a pawn shop. Oh, they'll rip you off though. Yeah, they'll rip you off. 
But but you can get cash that way. All right, I'm asking. Uh, we got Colin and Caleb in the stew with us right now. You guys got to do some uh, do some devious research. Okay, figure out what we should do. What's the What's the next couple steps? They'll They'll fill us in on the end of the podcast. There got we it. Go. All right. But let's, in all seriousness, Ty, I'm, I'm grateful for you, man. I, I just met you, and I, I feel like the stuff that you said was just so inspiring last time. So so we want to bring you back. This is a podcast for leaders, student leaders, whether it be on the college scene, in middle school, serving in children's ministry, high school ministry. What is a leadership principle you got for them today? Man, <clears throat> I think I give two. Because it's, it's, from, it's from one what? character, so it's two. And okay. I would say, one, be open to serve anywhere. And then two, don't let what other people say about you define you. And, and I get this from the life of David. You know how, like, David fights Goliath? And it's one yeah, of the does. prominent stories. If you think David, you have to think David and Goliath. Well, David wasn't anointed to fight Goliath. The the reason he fought Goliath is because he was curious and he was available. It was David. It was David's curiosity that opened up this opportunity for him. It wasn't like it wasn't the anointing of God. It wasn't him being anointed to be the next king. It wasn't anything that people saw in his life. It was just the fact that he showed up and he asked the question, what happened if I somebody kills that guy and tell him you'll get a crib, you'll get a house. I mean, you'll get a house, you'll get money, you'll get the king's daughter. And David's like, bet, I want to fight him. And that's what started this whole conversation. I think a lot of people are waiting for a Goliath moment. You don't wait for it. You pursue it. You, you, you go and you find it and you say, hey, can I, can I do that, Pastor? Can I serve their pastor? Can I do this, Pastor? It's this availability that you have. And I think a lot of people look at the story of David, me included, and it's like, God, where's my Goliath at? And it's like, go find it. Go find him. Mm. You go find okay, him. Wait. And I'll get behind Go it. Find your Can I Goliath. ask a question about that? I'm sorry. I, I definitely know I'm interrupting, but uh, no, it's fine. You, you struck you struck some curiosity with me. I feel like I've heard two equal and opposite teachings. That one sounds like what you're saying: be willing to serve anywhere, be willing to do anything, walk around and find it. But then also like God made you really unique. You're not gifted in every area. Like, you know, if you're not a worship leader, don't be a worship leader. Like just, you know, maybe you're gifted to, you, you get what I mean? Like, so, so sometimes it's like, do your thing and stay in your lane and like be faithful there. And then sometimes it's like, God, whatever you want from me. And, and, and so how do you consolidate those two? I think you'd probably agree healthy principles to when you look at the life of David yeah, what's what's the balance there? What do you think? I think David David was curious. So I I think if God puts a curiosity inside of you, it is for for some part of a calling. I, I I'm okay. not I'm not curious about everything. I'm not curious about how certain things are done in the church. I'm not curious about politics as much in my life. I'm not uh, curious about you know you know I wonder what happens to our money once we once we once I give to my church what happens to it. I'm not curious. I don't want to know. I just I'm 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 believing that they are faithful with that money. I am curious about. Uh, a preacher's private life. I've always been curious about it. I've always been curious about how do you put a sermon together? There was, there were certain things in me that even as a kid, I'm like, man, this, 
this is this makes me excited. Why does podcast make me excited? I don't know. But I can I tell you a lot of my friends that don't get excited about podcasts that yeah. don't like it at all because I don't think the curiosity is in them. And I think if it's not in you, don't pursue it because God didn't give it to you. David was at the battlefield, number one, because his dad told him to go. And then number two, he had questions of curiosity because privately he killed a lion and a, and a bear. So if you're trying to fight a Goliath, but you haven't killed nothing, you're not curious. Now you're just craving something that another person has. And you have to have a question. You have to ask yourself, like, is this me or do I just want what that person has? A lot of times in my life, I just wanted what another person has. And I was disappointed that God didn't give it to me, but that was never God to begin with. So I would say like, that's a That's a way to know the difference. Um, but particularly with the life of David, there's just not a prophecy that he's going to kill Goliath. There's no, you're right. There's no, he doesn't even sing a song about it. It's, it's, it's almost like this. I think it's a moment. I think David was just there and what happens. And then he got in front of Saul and he's like, I killed a lion. I killed a bear. And he was like, I'm going to kill that guy too. I think it was just yes. this moment. I don't think it was a, I woke up, thus saith the Lord, he's anointed me. Yeah. No, because you don't always know what you're anointed for until you're doing it. And you're like, oh, I'm anointed for this. So I would that's say. what curiosity does for you, though. What you just said there, you say you don't always know what you're anointed for until you do it. There's a there's a really, really profound uh, leadership principle that we can unpack here that you're talking about, Ty, that you introduced to us and the, and the principle of just saying yes. I was just having this conversation with my daughter the other day about some different opportunities that have been presented to her uh, at church. And um, and I made the comment to her. I was like, ah, I just think you should live on the other side of yes. And uh, she was like, what, what do you, what do you mean by that? Live on the other side of yes. And I was just like, in your heart, you've already postured yourself uh, before God with a yes. Mm. And so I'm just, I'm just, I've already made that decision. I just live on the other side of that. Now that's, I think that's in part what you're talking about with David where, you know, he, he was already anointed to be King of Israel at this point, but he's just, he's living on the other side of yes. yes. Father says, Hey, take some bread and cheese to your brothers. Yep. Sure. You know, okay. You don't fight Goliath. Sure. No, no big deal. Yeah. But it was, it was his curiosity to, to your leadership principle that you just brought to us, Ty. It was his curiosity that opened up his eyes to his giftedness. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we, we struggle with that um, in certain seasons of our life, not just young people, but all of us. We struggle with the discovery of what our uh, our true giftedness is or what our gifts are. And sometimes we struggle with this because we're, we're just not curious enough. Mm. And we don't say yes enough yeah. in order for us to all of a sudden have a moment where we're like, wow, I didn't even, I didn't see that. I didn't know that. Okay. I Hold on. I agree. But I also think, and don't worry, Ty, we are going to get back to when you talk about don't let other people's words define you. No, I'm listening. I'm we, listening. We, haven't even, we, haven't, we haven't really got there yet. I agree that it's like we're not curious. I, I actually think for me, I think it's we're too busy. Mm. Because even as you're talking about this, I can, uh, I'm picturing the people I mentor and disciple. Their objections to this would be less about like, I'm too good for this or I'm not called or whatever. It's just like, dude, living on the other side of yes, I have a lot of reasons why I don't say yes. And it's because I have no margin or yeah. I don't have time or no, so like, I do think there's, there's a, yes, there's a level of availability that needs to be there. If we're going to say, God, whatever you're calling me to my answer is yes. Uh, Cause I think, I think a lot of us is like, I'm curious. 
I'm open to whatever God has for me, but it really only works on Tuesday nights from like 7.30 to 8.30. After that, I'm doing homework, and before that, I'm at basketball practice. It's the combination of curiosity and availability, yes. making yourself available. Yes. Ty, my question to you would be, what other things, so I, I, I referenced availability, what other heart postures do you think allow students to be able to be open to serve everywhere. Like we're looking at David. Okay. He, he was obedient and he certainly was available. If we're going to see students be curious, if we're going to see students be open to serve anywhere, what other things need to be in place for them to, to walk this out? Um, I, th- I think availability is one. And I think the second thing is willingness and willingness is not availability. Willingness. Availability is I'm free. Willing is I'll do it. And I think yeah. a lot of young people, not a lot of young people, but I think some young people get to the place where they're like, they're like, God, I'm available. And then God's like, okay, I want you to do this and this and this. God, no, I'm available only to do this, this and, and this. Yes. And God yes. says, but are you willing? I, th- I think David was willing and David was a willing vessel. And I think any place in my life personally where I'm not willing is an area in my life where God is not winning. And I need to always make sure that he, I am willing in every area. doesn't mean that he's going to call me to give from every area. Yeah. I just need to make sure I'm willing in every area that if God says like, Tyshawn move, I'm going to move. If God says, put the dream down, I'm going to put the dream down because I think, you know, the strength of your relationship by your willingness, not by your availability. My wife, we're all married men. Uh, and I think that we all know that our wives want us to be willing, you know, something like, babe, can you do this? Ah, and if we give them that little sound, it's like, well, I'll yeah. just do it myself because what, what, <laughs> what, do, what are they hearing? They're hearing that their husband is unwilling to do what their wife is asking them to do. If you just do it with, with a willing attitude, it's honestly better for everyone involving, even you, if you're just like, Hey, just have a good attitude about it. So I would say like, to every young person that's out there, just be willing because you never know yes. what your willingness is going to lead to. You never knew. No, no. And a lot of the things that I feel like I've grown good at in my life or God is blessed have been areas where I actually was just willing. I wasn't excited. I was just like, Hey, I'll do it. I'll take the job. Yeah. I'll preach there. I'll do it. And then I see what's what happens on the other side of, like you said, of my yes. And you're like, wow, that's a moment that God can use to catapult me into the next season. And the basics of why this happened was from a place of willingness, not planning, not excitement, just, all right, God, you said it, I'll do it. And I think a lot of people don't view the story of David and Goliath that way. They view it as like David's moment instead of David's service. That's David's service mm. on display. And, and we only know it because Samuel wrote about it. David doesn't even talk about it that much in the, in the book of Psalms. So it's like, this is a moment for David because everyone see you slay your Goliath and it's your moment of definition, but it really is just your moment to commit to, Hey, I surf. And my biggest is moment so is something of service. And I think that's the principle of that story for me. I love least. it. I love it. So you also said, all right, you, you got me be open to serve anywhere. Yes, sir. You also talked about, um, don't let other people's words about you define you. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Is that the way you said it? Can you yes. dive on that a little bit more? Yeah. Again, it's also from the life of David. And I think this is very pivotal for, I wish what I'm about to say, if there's a teenager listening, listen to this because yeah. I wish I would have known this before because I think this would have changed so much for me. Um, I, I won't say who it was, but there's a pastor that got up one day And he was talking about David and he was like how he was forgotten, how his brothers, you know, didn't like him and his dad treating him like trash and everything. And I remember hearing this preacher said it. The whole room was like clapping. And I think I was, too. And as I was clapping, I was thinking, why doesn't David ever talk about that? 
Like, why does he never talk about like his dad forgetting him? Like, in fact, David doesn't even talk about the day that he's anointed. And if my dad left me in the field, I'm going to talk about it when I when I sing, write some psalms. And I did some study and I found out a few things. Number one, all of David's brothers at one point were a shepherd boy. David wasn't the first shepherd boy in his family. He was the eighth shepherd boy in his family. The only difference between David and his brothers is that David was the family shepherd and you became the family shepherd when your father was no longer going to have any children. So the shepherding was the first job you would get in a home. And then you would move to crop sharing. Then, you know, uh, different jobs that your father would give you. So Abinadab, Eliab, all of David's brothers, all of them would look at him and say, we've been you before. We know that when you're the shepherd and there's a party and there's something that we have to go to, it is the shepherd's job to stay at home. So David staying at home that day when he was being, when all the sons were going to be anointed to be the king, that wasn't a moment of David being forgotten. That was a moment of David being where he was supposed to be. And I think it's important for young people to know this, because if you think that David's forgotten, you'll think that you're forgotten. And he wasn't forgotten. It was a part of the story of God saying, I'm a sin for him. So I need him not to be in the room so I can sin for him. And I think sometimes what we do is that we allow what other people say about us. Well, my dad is, my dad left me. No, your dad didn't leave you. Your dad actually put you where you were supposed to be. And I think sometimes we can allow people's thoughts about what God is doing in our life to define what God is doing in our life. And you're not forgotten because God is not a God who forgets. He only knows how to forget one thing. That is a sin. That is not a son. And so if you feel forgotten by God, that's just not a true reality. And I just want more young people to know that, like, don't let what people are seeing about your life define your life, because what they're saying is not true. David wasn't forgotten. He was right where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. And and, yes. and also, Jesse didn't even know any of his sons were going to be anointed to be king. He had no idea why he was meeting Samuel that day either. And so I think sometimes we attack narratives and we attach motivations to things that are happening around us. And then it makes us hate our lives more when it's like, Hey, stop allowing what other people are saying is true. Cause I don't even think, I don't even think David would ever say he was forgotten. I think he would say he was yes. bullied by his brothers. Like every normal little brother says, um, but yeah, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think he would say he was forgotten by his father. And that's why I think he always took care right before he became King. He made sure his father and his mother was taken care of. That's because he honored his family. And if, a, and if you're allowing people's narrative about you to pull you away from what God has for you, you'll, you'll walk away from the purpose that God has for your life. And I just want to encourage more young people to know you're not forgotten. Don't believe what anyone says about you. You're not forgotten. I've God has never forgotten me in my life. He's forgotten my sin though, but he hasn't forgotten me. And so let's go. That would be my encouragement. Ty, do you have, um, do you have any thoughts as to why that feeling of being forgotten or the feeling of being overlooked is so prevalent in our culture today. Cause I, I hear so many young people, you know, I mean, I, I know, I mean, you, you and I are both evangelists. And so we, we interact with a lot of different young people in a lot of different settings, but it seems like there's a common thread among this generation of feeling overlooked, of feeling forgotten. You're addressing it head on. I appreciate what you're saying. I think it's so true. So powerful. What do you see in today's culture that is actually setting up young people for that trap of feeling this sense of being overlooked or, or being forgotten? I honestly, I think that's a trauma response, to be honest. I think forgotten is a, a fear of being forgotten is a trauma response. And I think there's different levels of trauma. There's like, I think there's physical trauma, sexual trauma, 
child trauma. Then there's witnessing trauma and there's like another one, but all different traumas have their different like levels of what they do. And for a lot of people, the idea of feeling forgotten is a, I think that's a trauma trigger. I don't think that's a life trigger because if you walk up to a kid who has a great mom and a great dad, two or three siblings who all have a great relationship. They have some, maybe once a year, they have a, not once a year, once a week, they have a family dinner and the dad's involved with the son's life. The mom's involved with the child's lives. And there's a synergy there that you put that kid everywhere. That kid never feels forgotten. Why? Because he has a good home life and his Mm. home life has set him free from what other people in the same world are going through. So I think we're all living in the same world, but we're all going, we're all living in different homes. And I think depending on what home you're living in is depending on how you feel certain things. If you have a great dad or a great mom that always sees you, you'll never feel forgotten because you, your mom and dad have always taught you. I'm always with me. I'm always with you. God's always with you. The promises of God are yes or man. But if you don't grow up with a mom or dad and you don't grow up with the promises of God and you go out into this world and you see other people winning, you'll just think, man, I'm forgotten. God doesn't see me. And so one of the things that I think a lot of people may need help with, uh, and I'll even say this because I know young people are listening. Sometimes we want things to happen by the word of God being the truth, but sometimes God, it could happen through the process of God being therapy. And I am one of those people that I will say this. I read my Bible. I fast, but when at in certain scenes of my life, therapy and counsel is something that I need because I will be attaching something my pastor's doing to something that my dad did to me and not having the separation between the two. It will be dangerous as I, decide on what to do next, you know? So I think, I think a lot of people just don't take care of that trauma. We avoid our trauma, but I think we should confront it and get therapy and, uh, handle it. So it doesn't handle you. You've opened up such a, um, important topic for us and, you know, we could never fully address the depth of what you just talked about just, you know, in a, in a short format podcast like this, but I guess just one last question, just to endeavor, uh, to be as helpful and practical as possible for students mm-hmm. that are listening that that do feel emotionally that sense of being forgotten or overlooked. And now because of what you're saying, they're tying it back to some of their family experiences that they're having some practical steps for the student who's listening, who says, yeah, that's exactly where I'm at emotionally. Or yeah, I never, I didn't realize that I had some trauma that I haven't really dealt with in my life. Um, just, just off the top of your head, Ty, a couple practical steps for that yeah. student when they finish listening today. Yeah. Pray about it. I think, um, last year I had to realize some things about my childhood and I was complaining about it for so long and I never realized I didn't pray about it. And I'm a preacher and I'm an evangelist Mm. and I tell people to pray for a living. And the greatest thing I was going through, I never took it to the feet of Jesus. And so I would say, number one, pray about it. Number two, if your parents are available, because and Aaron, you're a parent, I'm not a parent. Jordan, I don't know if you are, you have kids. No, um, no, no, not no. yet. Not yet. But you're working on it. I hear. What? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I know that being a parent, parent, parents aren't perfect. I hear a lot of parents say that. And the hardest thing to confront, the hardest person to confront in your life is your parent. Like that is the hardest person to confront. And so if you have 
if you have freedom to talk to your mom and dad about childhood, talk to mom and dad about it. Because I think sometimes kids don't talk to mom and dad because they don't think they can handle it. But what you may not know mm. is that they may have done that to you because a grandma and grandpa who you think are so perfect did some things to them that maybe they at the time made sense of it, but it wasn't okay. And so if you can talk to a friend about it, or you talk to your family about it, do that. So I would say pray about it. Talk to your family about it. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say talk to your friends about it because sometimes you can talk to your friends about something and it makes sense. Then you get older and you realize you dishonored your mom and dad in a way that you can never take back and you're sharing things that probably shouldn't be shared. So if you have if you have resources that's available, whether that's a school counselor, whether that's a pastoral counselor, some churches I know that like have like, hey, we can give you we can take care of three or four counseling sessions, you know, go through those counseling sessions and process that, because if you don't, you're going to go through life triumphing over sin, but not triumphing over your trauma. And that trauma will come back to bite you. And, yep. and it's come back to bite me many, many times in my marriage, in my responses to things in my response to even leadership. So I would say pray about it. Talk to your family about it and then get some counsel about it and know you're not alone. Like I, I've been, I say this, I've been abused. I've been, multiple things have happened to me, but God has helped me triumph over all of it. And so that would be my encouragement to a lot of these young people. You keep going. Don't give up. You got this. Yes. Let's Ty, go, thank Ty. you, man. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Also, and, and you just sharing that it, it's, it's very interesting. Like you're, you're causing me to think from an angle I don't normally think about. So that's your gift to us. Um, and I hope other students are feeling that I'll, I'll say it's interesting. You're like talking about us allowing things to stick to us that people are saying or something your pastor is going through that aren't even necessarily true, but we're just trying to make sense of what we went through, trying to make sense of why we are the way that we are trying to sort out what's the reason, right? That's really what we're asking. And so we accidentally or intentionally allow things to stick to us as a way of getting our, our bearings um, that aren't true things that are actually genuinely not true, but it's just our best shot, our best attempt. Oh, my friend thought this, that sounds about right. Oh, my pastor said this, and maybe this is true. And, and what's really reassuring is that God is truth. His word is truth. So if you're in a place where you're like, uh, there are names, what other people are saying about me is sticking to me. And it does kind of make sense. I want to just challenge you to go to the ultimate truth. Because when you find that, whether through a counselor or a pastor, um, talking to your parents, whatever it may be, when you find that, it will make sense of your life because it's truth, but it will also be God's truth. So you won't be living or walking out or believing a lie. And I just think that's so, so critical if we want to live a life, honestly, that looks like David or looks like Jesus. Um, so thank you so much, Ty, for you bringing such a unique perspective, so man. Thank you. Two for so two. Good. My two man two. don't miss. Kicking that's off my, season four just right. Man. That's my shooter. That's yeah, my man. shooter. Come thank on. you so much, Steph Ty. Steph Curry with the hey. shot. Don't watch sports, but I know Steph. You got you know Steph. <laughs> <laughs> hey, students, if you want to reach out to Ty, his information's in the show notes. Dude, hit him, hit up that podcast. I'll be joining you. I'm, I'm checking it out right here, right now, today on my drive home. Ty, thanks so much. Students, we believe you are called, not just asked, not just, oh, I find myself here. You're called to lead your generation. And we're, we're asking you to do it with passion for Christ. And of course, love for others. We'll catch you on the next one. See ya.